0: You are listening to part two of a two-part review on Queen of Shadows. Please be advised that this episode contains spoilers for the Throne of Glass series up to and including Queen of Shadows. Additionally, this episode contains adult content that may be disturbing to some people. Listener discretion is advised, and please take care. Hi, and thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your host, Nicole. You're listening to the first season of Perfectionist.
1: So today we're going to deviate away from the format that we have approached these last two, well, I guess three episodes now three, four? <laughs> Is this <the> fourth one? <laughs> Anyways, it doesn't matter. We're, we're abandoning the format, uh, which we went through each character's story and then throughout the whole book and then jumped to another character and went through their story and so on and so forth. Because the characters in part two of Queen of Shadows, their stories overlap and intermingle so much, we are just going to go through the book, the story in a linear fashion and just kind of touch down on... the characters as we go through
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so we're discussing the part two of queen of shadows which is called queen of lights yes and we start off with aelin idian and kale on a search for hellfire Mm -hmm. so this is reminding me of again game of thrones i don't know if it's called hellfire or wildfire yeah,
1: wild wildfire. Mm-hmm.
0: But I'm assuming it's very much the same thing, a very explosive, fiery liquid.
1: Yeah, yeah. And in tunnels far below the city, which seems to be a, a good and popular place, a popular choice for all of this crazy fire that people like to store. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess where else do you store volatile, volatile fire? Yeah. I mean... It makes sense. Certainly not in a random room or in the sky. So <laughs> so in order to find this
0: uh, hellfire, they delve very, very deep down in to like an ancient part of the tunnel system or the like sewer system under the city. And they come across something very interesting and very informational. They find a temple... And learn that the king may be trying to raise Erowyn, who is a Velg king. So, mm-hmm. so far, we know there are like Velg henchmen. Yeah. <laughs> sorts, like lower Velg. Lower We Valg. have Velg princes, who mm-hmm. um, are, we know from the callers. So, Dorian has a Velg prince. Caltain uh, has a Velg prince. And now... We are hearing about Val King, which we have heard about Val King before because we know they created the word keys. Yes. So obviously they are incredibly powerful. hmm mm-hmm. And we thought that they had been killed by Elena and Gavin. hmm But it turns out they weren't able to kill
1: them. Um, they were only able to contain them. Mm-hmm. That is extremely... Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Very unfortunate. Yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> this is a massive, massive point, like plot point. Let's go back and look at the enemies or the big bad guys we have had so far in uh, this whole series. So the King of Adderlin, he's obviously number one, Mr. Big Bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there is suggestion that Maeve could be kind of a bad person in this series. We don't know too much about that, but we know she certainly isn't like a hero in this series. Uh, And then now there's this heroine, which all of a sudden doesn't, it it sort of seems like the King of Adderlyn is all of a sudden a minute concern in comparison Mm -hmm. to this heroine fella. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like he's just like,
0: something they need to get past in order to get to the real problem. Big bad. Yeah. So that was, and everyone thought that Elena, Elena and Gavin had actually killed the Val. I think the story goes that like two of them were banished because there's three of them, two of them were banished and then they thought the last one was killed. But to find out that they had kind of been Specifically, Aelin had been lied to about the history of what was going on, which is so important because it clearly has to do with everything that's happening with the word keys since Mm -hmm. they created them. So um, these ghosts that tend to visit Aelin from time to time don't seem to be
1: being very truthful. No, they are Mm -hmm. withholding certain information and only giving it to Aelin in pieces, frustratingly Mm -hmm. small pieces reminding me of someone else in another series (laughs) who we will, again, touch down in the (laughs) future episode. But there must be a reason behind this madness. There must be.
0: And on the plus side, they were able to get the hellfire. Mm -hmm. So they got some bad news about a potential massive threat, Mm -hmm. but they got the hellfire... Which, I guess we didn't even explain why they were going for the Hellfire. Big news, everyone. They're going to blow up one of the towers and release magic. I mean, that's the yeah. plan anyways. Yes. And Hellfire seems like a good way to get that done. Yeah. It's like a bomb. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Makes sense. And you're going to
0: blow up a clock tower, a bomb. Yeah. That's, that's a good that way works. to go about that.
1: Yeah. Not <laughs> that <works>. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Uh. But uh, so Lorcan tells Aelin that he will give her this uh, ring, which is actually protection against the Valg, and it's called Mm -hmm. Athril's Ring, in exchange for the amulet of Mm Orinth, So he's taken this ring from Maeve, because
0: it's the ring that Aelin used to bargain for Rowan's life, Mm -hmm. or I guess his uh, blood oath. Yeah. And so Lorcan... Took the ring from Maeve and now is using it as a bargaining chip because it has this protection against Val, which could come in handy for those fighting Val. And at this point, Ailens like I don't have the amulet or like I, I can't remember exactly what she says, but an exchange does not happen at this point. No. She doesn't have the amulet on her, and it's good to note that that's kind of what he's after and willing to give. Cause, well, because he's hunting the word keys, so. Hmm. Hmm. It makes sense that he would
1: want the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, oh, it's just chaotic. Things are just starting to really blow up at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, it's getting... Evangeline. Yeah, she shows up at Alan's apartment, and mm-hmm. she says, "You know, lysandra has been kidnapped because she's like special. She's a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. and so she's been kidnapped and take. Well, she's being taken to Morath for her abilities. Yeah. And
0: that's very upsetting news for everybody. I feel like Lysandra's becoming a bit of a fan favorite. Well, I don't know if she's a fan favorite. She's becoming my favorite. She's <laughs> and I'm extending that favorite. to everyone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, I feel um, probably pretty pretty accurate.
0: Yeah. So it's really upsetting that she's being taken and Evangeline comes in clutch going to Aelin for some support. Yeah. But switching gears and taking a look at what's happening in Morath, we have Manon and Elide. They are forming a bit of an alliance. So Mm -hmm. last time we kind of checked in with them, we were talking about how Manon could smell that Elide had some witch blood. So basically Mm -hmm. she's like, you have witch blood in you. Who side are you on? Are you on the witch's side? Are you on the human side? You have to pick a side. Mm -hmm. And if you pick to be part of like my clan or my group, then I will protect you. Mm-hmm. But you need to do something for me in exchange. You need to find out about the experiments that are going on with this witch breeding that we had talked about. Yes, yeah. So it's interesting the
1: relationship that's forming. It is interesting because Minon is not a warm, motherly type person. <laughs> no, but she does want seems to want to take Elide kind of under her wing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And Elide, she kind of starts off as, um, she's very afraid, for good reasons. <laughs> I mean, I mm-hmm. wouldn't be in her position. How horrifying would it be to be in Morath with your, because I don't think we've mentioned this before, but she's got like a deformed leg because of the abuse uh, that she has been subjected to by her uncle. Mm-hmm. So, She's pretty vulnerable because she's kind of hobbling around and she can't walk very well. Mm-hmm. And she's chained on top of it. Like her legs yeah. are literally shackled together. And the last thing you want to show in front of witches is weakness. This is mm-hmm. the vibe I get <laughs> from reading <Yeah>. about them. <laughs> so it's kind of cool that Minon, the heir of the Blackfeet clan, the wing leader, is sort of turning her eye to a protective kind of relationship towards Elide.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's protective, but a little harsh at the same time. Like, she's like, you can sleep in my chambers. But she, like, just sets up, like, this little, like, mat for her on the floor of hay, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, a little sad.
1: It's sad. But- just, like,
0: sitting on this hay bale in the corner.
1: It is But I mean, sad. she's by the fire. She's by the fire, but she's also, she knows when she's in there that nothing too bad can maybe happen to her. Like she's not mm-hmm. at anybody's mercy except for Manon's,
0: yeah. which in,
1: in her position, that, that's the place <laughs> in a place where bad is everywhere, that's probably the best spot for her at that point.
0: Mm-hmm. No, definitely. So Elide does discover what is happening, and she discovers like it's a very horrific what is happening to the witches. the coven who had been chosen has already given birth once and are pregnant again already. And it hasn't been that long in the story. So this pregnancy situation is happening a lot faster than I was expecting. Yes. And I don't think we really fully understand what the product is. No. But we do know that whatever is happening is horrific to the witches because they're literally chained to the beds and begging to be set free. Mm-hmm. So, this is not something like I think when they went into it, they felt like an honor to be doing this. The clan that ended up getting chosen volunteered mm-hmm. and were really proud to be like serving Morath in this way and the king. But then, whatever's happened to them down there has caused them to beg, and they are witches. Mm-hmm. For
1: witches to beg, it's bad.
0: Mm-hmm. What but did you think
1: of that scene? I was very disturbed. By that, and um, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things where your imagine takes you to places where it might be worse than what's actually going on. But then I thought, well, no, I think it is that bad. <laughs> it mm-hmm. is as bad as it can be. So I think something that's been suggested, I feel like it's been suggested at this point, is that witchlings are really um, treasured. And so mm-hmm. probably when they went into that, it was like with that kind of in the back of their minds, but this isn't a witchling situation. No, they're not actually having witchlings. They're having
0: something entirely different is my understanding, but the witchlings are very treasured because it's very uncommon for a witch to uh, carry a witchling to term. Yeah.
1: And not have it be a stillborn. hmm Yeah. Yeah.
0: Poor witches. I mean, you got to feel for them, even though they can be really brutal that they're still, I was going to say they're still human. They're not human at all. They're witches, but, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, There's some reasons to feel compassion for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. So a little bit more about Caltane. She is, as it turns out, she is quite a strong, like, strong inside. She's very mm-hmm. feisty inside. She has, we learn, she that she's killed the Valg that's inside of her but she's been pretending to still be under Valg control. So that's amazing. So it turns out, yeah, it turns out she has killed this Valg with her shadow fire. Um, So you have to wonder like how, and like why was she able to kill the Valg herself? Mm -hmm. I wonder what this means for anyone else who may come under the influence of Valg infestation. And and again, why can she use shadow fire when there's no magic? It's very interesting how she's able to
0: use the shadow fire. But it's the whole her whole character is impressing me more and more. She's able to use a a shadow fire somehow, which is a mystery in and of itself. But just the fact that she kind of had the will to battle the Valg but then continue to act like she wasn't in control. Cause we know she's being abused most likely by Parrington. And yet she just sits there and takes it and mm-hmm. acts like she's not really present and that mm-hmm. he's still in complete control of her mm-hmm. and just goes about doing whatever she's told to do. Cause she's under possession. Mm-hmm. The strength you would have to have to continue to let yourself be treated that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like she must have some powerful end game. To yeah. let herself go through that.
1: Yeah, she's got, I guess, a very feisty spirit. I actually find it interesting because we don't really hear much about Tane except for these little bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And really, I think her story is it's, it's pretty tragic. She's had a really bad time <laughs> throughout this whole series. But she, she obviously has such strength of character that it would be interesting to hear more about her.
0: Yes, I think that a novella from her perspective, if not a whole novel from her perspective, yeah. would be incredible.
1: Yeah, me too. That'd be
0: something I would read in a heartbeat. Yeah, same. So Aelyn and her crew, I i can't remember what they call, it's not called her crew, but like Aelyn and her group, there's a name for her. They hear about- Her court. Her court. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, It sounds way more official. (laughs) So Aelin and her court find out about a transfer that's happening. So the king is bringing Lysandra up to meet the witches in which they will trade off the carriage that is encasing Lysandra. And then she'll go get sent off to Morath, most Mm -hmm. likely to be like her shape-shifting abilities to be used to like be studied on. And they decide to intervene. They're like, if we are going to get Lysandra back, this is going to be the time to do that. And there's a lot that happens in this scene. But one thing that's really adorable and I just have to mention is we see Abraxas from the point of view of one of the court members. I can't remember exactly who it was who saw Abraxas. Maybe Nezrin or something when she was like (laughs) up in the tree scouting somebody. (laughs) And they're just like, we're looking over and they're like, there's this wavern just rolling around in the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the most adorable thing. It's like this massive, like, things about to go down. Everything's all tense and like, boom, boom. And then there's just this wavern like, in <laughs> <And> the flowers. <laughs> I love him so like much. sniffing them. You just like He's- picture him kind of like sniffing in the.
1: know, He's so precious. Like, seriously. Oh, my gosh. Protect him so, at all costs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to mention that because it was a very important moment in the book, in my opinion. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> Those moments are always super important. But so down at, to the actual trade. <laughs> yeah, down to the actual trade. So during this trade-off, Manon and Dorian meet. And remember, Dorian's still under the control of this Valk prince. But mm-hmm. Manon has these eyes and they are like a golden color Mm -hmm. and they are the the eyes of a valg king they are the same eyes that a valg king possesses so the valg inside of dorian kind of recoils when he sees these eyes and because Mm -hmm. of that dorian is able to break free of the valg control and actually use his body as his own for the first time in a long time. And he's actually mm-hmm. able to speak directly to Manon.
0: Yeah. There's so many questions about the scene that I had, like about Manon, because we know witches are created from a hybrid or a, a mixture of Valg and Fae. Mm-hmm. They're like a breeding mixture. So does that mean that Manon, the uh, Valg part was a king? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... Seems, it seems obvious, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. At the same time, it just kind of like brought up that question: yeah. Is she special in some way because she is bred from a king? Mm-hmm. And then also the whole Dorian thing, obviously, so incredibly important. Yes, we get to see He's
1: him break like free for the
0: first time, yeah. and it seems like you, you are possessed by a Valg. This is your first time breaking free, and you choose to use that power to flirt with a witch. I mean why not
1: don't ask for help Dorian. Is, he, he's <laughs> such an insatiable flirt he's like i must flirt with no <laughs> it's like, it is it's yeah their, their interaction was cool i thought mm-hmm. kind of cool but yeah it's too bad he couldn't be like screaming like someone help me <laughs> yeah. i mean i guess there was no one around to help no him, so yeah maybe he i just guess realized that yeah <laughs> okay He doesn't know the others are there. So it's, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of funny. But so, Kale, though, he sees Dorian and loses all faculties of the mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And decides to break from the plan and go after Dorian. It was not, like, a logical thing. It was a move he made from the heart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But... Of course, he ends up getting stopped by Manon and her 13.
0: Yeah. And not they the end
1: up. Greatest people to be stopped by. <laughs> that would be a very scary group to be opposed to, um, yeah. which it ends up having like Manon and Aylin end up having this pretty wicked fight. And I mean, it was worth it. <laughs> it was really cool. And it was so funny, like how there was so mutual respect for each other as they were fighting. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a fight scene you have to read yourself. There's so much going on in it.
0: But the mutual respect is, I think, the most relevant thing that comes out of the fight. Mm -hmm. The way that they kind of interact with each other during the
1: fight, it's really cool to see. Mm -hmm. And the end of the fight ends with Ailin kind of saving Minon's life. So now Minon owes a life debt to Mm Aelin, which is a really strange position for a non-black to have to be in considering what she is and who she's working for. Yeah. But that's Mm -hmm. kind of... Mm
0: -hmm. Considering the brutality of witches, I'm a little surprised that life debt... Is a thing? Owing is a thing. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like, I'm just surprised that they would honor something like that given how brutal Mm -hmm. they are. It I guess seem they like have honor would be high up on there.
1: No, I don't know that honor necessarily is, but that does seem like they have some pretty strict rules that they never deviate from. And life debt seems to be one of those things. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting because it's—I mean, it's—it's it's actually not a great thing to have to abide by if you're trying to be strategic mm-hmm. in war. But yeah. but <laughs> so there's a little bit of a weakness there, maybe for the witches, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: It's a good thing, though. Yes. During the battle between the witches and Aelin and her court, Rowan actually ended up getting very seriously injured. Yes, so much okay. so that they don't have time to get him back to Rifthold for medical attention. So they end up going to Nezrin's family's farm, which just so happens to be where Fleetfoot has been living this whole yes. time. Yes. <laughs> Yay, Fleetfoot. <laughs> Yay. Aww. So, it was really cute to get to know that the dog has not been forgotten. Sarah hasn't left him out. He's still thriving, living in Her, the countryside. Her. It's a she. Oh, I'm so sorry. She has been thriving, living in the she. countryside. Yeah. And Rowan's able to get the healing he needs so that he's all good.
1: Yeah. And then, um, ironically... Kale, even though now we've seen, okay, we've seen Dorian can break free of the Valk control. Mm-hmm. And now Kale's all like, well, Aelin, you were right. We should just put an end to his suffering. And it's like, Kale, oh my God. <laughs> He's just like always getting it wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is like just the entire book is just like, watch Kale get it wrong every
1: time. Yeah. <laughs> but I was Kale, so if you repeatedly... have an instinct, ignore it because you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I was very proud of his growth,
0: though, and admitting that he was wrong. Mm -hmm. I just, he should have admitted it a long time ago, but then maybe it's good he didn't because maybe things would have turned out differently. Yes. So perhaps it was all for a good reason, but I think this is the starting of Kale's character arc taking a more mature spin or
1: twist or trajectory. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is definitely a turning point, I would say.
0: So we have Lysandra thanking a but a not gonna stop at just saving Lysandra. She's gonna do something even, well, not even better, but just as important, because she saved her life from Morath, but she also saved her life in the sense that she has paid off all her debts. So Lysandra and Evangeline are officially free, Uh completely free people. They can do whatever they want now. Uh And I'm just like, oh, their friendship, was probably my favorite thing in this entire book. Yeah. Which is saying a lot because there's a lot of really great things that happen in this book. Oh, yeah. Their friendship, it just, it's so strong.
1: It is. And And they went from basically hating each other to basically becoming almost like a sisterly bond. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would say the same thing. Lysandra and Aylan's friendship is my favorite thing in this whole book, too. Mm -hmm. So, they have had actually very similar paths when you compare their path. And I think that Aelin even mentioned that when she was going by Selena earlier on. Mm-hmm. Lysandra, I think they were kind of pitted against each other on purpose for whatever mind games, self-serving games C. Robin had going on for himself back then. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: even back then, did you think back then that Lysandra was just kind of like set there to just kind of irritate like for plot purposes, like in jealousy and stuff, or did you see her becoming a larger part of the story? And did you see this friendship coming?
0: I did not see this friendship coming from a mile away. Like I, it came out of left field for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was completely not something I completely forgot about Lysandra as a character. Mm-hmm. She's mentioned so subtly in Assassin's Blade that I didn't think we'd ever hear about her again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, same.
0: (laughs) Same. (laughs) I do have to say, though, in regards to Arobin and kind of pitting the girls against each other, he's a very clever man. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if he knew if they were friends that they would team up and become this powerhouse and that he pitted them
1: against each other to stop that. Well, I think the thing with Arobin was that he was essentially trying to isolate Selena from everybody except for Mm -hmm. him as a form of control. Yeah. So, so I it think, might not have been
0: quite so planned, just.
1: I mean, it might have been that, I, but yeah, I mean, from his point of view, really what could Lysandra do? Cause she was owned by her madam sure. and really what could Selena do? But mm-hmm. now that they're free and they are becoming friends, I would wonder like, did a Robin know about Lysandra's shape-shifting abilities? And even would it even matter because the magic was essentially gone, right? Mm-hmm. Or is essentially gone.
0: Yeah. I think he did know because I'm pretty sure the reason the king captured her in the first place is because it said in his will that she had shapeshifting abilities. Okay. I don't know how he knew because – well, I guess when she was first picked up, magic yeah. was still active.
1: So yeah. yeah. he,
0: Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. It does. So Manon having a life debt, not wanting to have it for very long, (laughs) decides (laughs) to cash it in right away. Yeah. And she knows that Aelin would want to know about Dorian. So she flies into Riftold and leaves a wonderfully written message of blood on a bunch of walls. I think she writes it all over the city, a message essentially saying he is still in there. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact wording of it, but the message was that Dorian was still inside. Yeah, you could potentially save them. Yeah,
1: and Ailyn does see it, and oh, yeah. just in time. Yeah, lucky, lucky, sort of. So, meanwhile, while Minon has been away from Morath, Elide is captured, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Um, I mean Manon is like literally the th- only thing stopping Elide from Allied uh, from having horrible things done to her. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so her uncle Vernon puts her in this dungeon and is his plans are like any good uncle is to have mm-hmm. her be bred with like an eagle an evil vowed demon. <laughs> of course. Of course. Like what else would you do? So certainly not treat your niece with kindness and respect.
0: No. That would be way too boring. <laughs> so, and Elide knows what this means because she's been spying.
1: Yeah, she saw- so this would be quite. I mean, even more horrifying because she knows what's going to happen, or at least she knows mm-hmm. it's not good.
0: Yeah, and the sadness continues because Astron, who is Manon's second, they've been having quite a tumultuous relationship throughout this book. She was. Uh, Manon second and then kind of got kicked down to third and then like was kicked up. Like they've just been really clashing mm-hmm. this whole novel. There's been a lot of conflict between them mm-hmm. and they're also cousins. So there's like the blood bond between them, but also they're part of the same coven and all that. Mm-hmm. And she tells Manon a secret that she's been keeping for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And Long ago – well, not I'm not sure exactly how long ago, but a, a while ago, because witches lived for hundreds of hundreds of years. Astrin actually had a little liaison with a human hunter, and they mm-hmm. fell in love. Yes. So, she's a witch the- who actually fell in love.
1: Yeah, and Minon is supposed – she's under the impression, yes. <laughs> she believes, mm-hmm. that they are incapable of love. So this is huge. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, you, if you were in Minon's position, it would almost feel like the world is tilting on its axis because you'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's
0: exactly what was happening to her. Yeah. Like her whole world, her everything she understands about being a witch is being called into question. Mm-hmm. And in the end, Astrid ends up becoming pregnant, which as we discussed is a miracle in itself. Mm-hmm. So she was really excited about this. But unfortunately, as with many witches, she ends up miscarrying the witchling. Mm -hmm. So Manon's grandma, the loving matron that she is, holds this against Astrin. She blames Astrin for this. She ends up discarding the witchling before Astrin even gets a chance to hold the baby and ends up beating and branding Astrin, leaving her for dead. And it's like winter. She just like literally throws her beaten, bruised body into a snowbank And leaves her. Oh my goodness. Obviously, Manon knows her grandma isn't this warm, cuddly person. (laughs) But this is beyond anything Manon could have ever imagined.
1: Yeah. So, Asterin, I've really admired in this story. I don't know how you felt about her character. It felt like suddenly she was like, there is a line. And I am not crossing it. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it's like... It's making Manon look really bad in our view, in the reader's mm-hmm. point, perspective, but she is indeed making Minon question a lot of things. And to me, it was almost like Manon is trying to stubbornly hold on to what she's been taught and how she's been raised and what her grandma wants. But then as time goes on, it's Astrid and, and her 13, you can just tell. It's like... Mm-hmm. This is not cool. (laughs) I feel like
0: Astrin and many of the other 13 have already kind of come to a realization about how witches are taught to be, Mm -hmm. but they've been specifically Astrin has been quite quiet about it and sort of keeps going on with the way things are, but knows in her heart, it's not right. And it's kind of like a moral compass for Mm Manon. And now Manon is starting to understand where her perspective is coming from.
1: Yeah. Because she had no idea. Like, her and Asterin are, like, basically best friends. And she had <clears throat> no idea that this had happened to her. Yeah. No, it was a completely heartbreaking
0: moment. I'm pretty sure this is one of the many moments that I had emotional reaction. A few tears probably yeah. shed.
1: Yeah. I couldn't even think about what had happened to Astrid because now as a mother myself, before I had been a mom, I'd have been like, oh, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm a mom, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even think about that. It's too upsetting. <laughs> like it's. Yeah. yeah.
0: Had to dissociate a little bit from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's <for> fair. <laughs> yeah. So back in Rifthold, Rowan decides to be a little sneaky himself, <laughs> taking out playbook from. Aelin's, or taking a page from Aelin's playbook, yeah. and he goes and trades the amulet of Ornth for the ring for Athril's Eth- ring, so the valve protecting ring. So he makes the trade that Lorcan wants, sending Lorcan off, and now they have this protection, which I guess is probably a good trade in some ways, but I mean, it is for a word key, so I mean,
1: yeah. Probably not a good trade. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the best, but it in that in that moment, what do they need more? They yeah. can't really use the word keys for anything sp- right now. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: But at the same time, like, Lorcan seems to be an extremely powerful being. So yeah. it's like, good luck getting it back. <laughs> yeah. So hope you had a plan there, Rowan. Yeah.
0: And Eilin and her court devise an epic plan to blow up the clock tower. So this is something that's been building up pretty much the entire book. Since we found out about the whole clock tower situation, I feel like it's been leading up to the eventual blowing of one of the pillars. Mm -hmm. And the obvious one would be the clock tower. So this is a two-fold plan with Selena as the king's champion because keep in mind the king still believes Selena is his champion and mm-hmm. is in Wendelin trying to kill the royal family and
1: <laughs> he's Selena, real behind
0: yeah, he's like a whole book behind <laughs> and so the first part of the plan is that Selena is going to capture Kale who has you know ran from the castle and has been working with the rebels and enter the castle just through the front gates, you know, and the goal is to save Dorian and potentially kill the king. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like step one of the plan. However, something unexpected happens. The king being all knowing as he is somehow knows that Selene is Aelin. I'm not even entirely sure when that happened. Do we know when that happened? No.
1: <laughs> but at least did he know the happened. whole time <laughs> like, I mean she's kind of claimed her so when she when she was fighting at miss uh mm-hmm. mist word is that what it's called mist word mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. when she was fighting at mist word and she came into herself as Ailen and then she was like erupting with fire i think that made kind of a statement and if right. that if that king has spies which I'm sure he had loads of spies word travels. Mm -hmm. aelin galathinius what's the chances selena was sent over there to kill the royal family they're gonna get reports of what she looks like and yeah so Mm
0: -hmm. no i think you're 100 percent right that that was it might have even mentioned that that's how we discovered it so that was kind of one side of the plan
1: yeah, and then meanwhile, Rowan and Adion are traveling through the sewers with the um, Hellfire uh, to blow up the tower from the inside. So there's these things called Wordhounds, and if you remember in previous books, there was always those creepy gargoyles that Selena really didn't mm-hmm. like to look at that were on the tower. They they come alive <laughs> and they attack <laughs> Adion and Rowan in the sewers. So Mm -hmm. there you go, the things are coming into place here.
0: (laughs) If they're being attacked, they are not able to blow up the tower. So on the surface we have Kale and Aelin in like the castle with the king waiting for the tower to blow up so that alyn can have her magic and actually do what they went to do <laughs> but she's not getting her magic because the tower is not blowing up so're like this plan is going sideways very quickly yes <laughs> and in that process they kind of slip into plan B and alyn and Dorian kind of leave the scene and they're fighting each other mostly alyn is trying to get Dorian to come out like she knows he's in there so she's trying to convince him to kind of fight the mm-hmm. Valg inside. while she's literally fighting off the Valg mm-hmm. in the real world. And Kale's like, I'll take on the king. Like, I will distract him. Mm-hmm. So they have some pretty intense things going on in the castle while they're being destroyed underground
1: by the word hounds. Yeah. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. <laughs> so- Aelin and she gives Kale the um, eye of Elena for protection, mm-hmm. and then Lorkin returns to help Rowan and Adian because he realized, like, he must have smelled Adian, and so he mm-hmm. know he can smell on him that he's Gavriel's son. Yeah, that's lucky because Lorkin, like I said, he's super powerful, and Rowan's powerful too. Um, mm-hmm. Even though they don't have their magic in this land, they are fae and they have the fae strength and everything. Yeah. So they are able to get past those word hounds and, and finally blow up the clock tower, and magic is released into the world. Finally. Yes.
0: <laughs> As magic is released, it's actually the same time that Manon is returning to Morath and she like feels the magic coming back into her. Yeah. And because she's a witch, and witches have their own type of magic, their own mm-hmm. magic style. And when she returns, she realizes that a light has been taken. So she starts looking for a lie because she knows if lie is not in their kind of area, their rooms, then something probably has gone horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. So she's searching for her and she finds her in the dungeons eventually. and Manon and her 13 do everything they can to get Allied out. Like they are fighting as best they can and they're mm-hmm. witches, so like they're doing a lot, but it's not looking great
1: for them. No. And then Keltane shows up. How surprising. Yeah. I was very surprised by this. It yes, was It was unlikely too. that that was going to happen, and mm-hmm. yeah, it did. She decides to... They're supposed to switch places with each other. Mm-hmm. So she can pretend to be Keltane and vice versa. And she gives Elide a sliver of stone, which is a word key, <laughs> that Parrington had put inside of her arm that she's had in her arm this whole time. So she wraps the stone in some fabric and then she uh, oh, that actually this is really important. So she wraps it in some fabric and the fabric that she wraps it in is actually if you remember in a previous in Throne of Glass, I think it was, she. it's the cloak, is it Throne of Glass? Yeah. I think Crown yeah. of Midnight. No, yeah, you're right. It's Crown of Midnight. So in Crown of Midnight um, there was a, a a scene where Selena was put in the dungeons, and Caltaine was down there. And in an act of kindness, she gives Caltaine her cloak. Mm-hmm. So Caltaine took a scrap from that cloak and wrapped the word key in it, and then gave it to um, Elide. And then she set, told Elide to like find Selena Sardothian and to give it, give, give her the stone, as well mm-hmm. as to punish them all. Yeah. So.
0: It was so incredible. Like, this is like peak Keltine's character. She went from being this very snooty, kind of gold digging character who her and Selena hated each other the second they met. And she ends up being the one who, without even realizing, kind of turns the tides in some ways. Because mm-hmm. she sacrifices herself so a lie can get free, giving a lie the second word key mm-hmm. so we know that well I mean I guess Lorcan now has the one uh key but now if Elide can find Selena then she will have another word key yeah. which would completely change everything it's Like it's huge she could have two mm-hmm. so and just like ugh, to sacrifice herself because she doesn't just stop at like pretending to be a lie so a lie could get free. She uses her shadow fire to blow up Morath. Mm-hmm. Like she ultimately sacrifices herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I feel like at that point, in some ways she probably is like a lot of the people possessed by the valve where it's like, even though she fought off the valve, she probably was just like,
1: I'm just ready for some peace. The way that she's described is like she's a shadow of herself. Like she's almost like mm-hmm. a wraith. Yeah. So it's sort of feels inevitable for her to do that, but mm-hmm. she does it in a way that actually helps turn the tide. So it's very important. And, you know, if they were to write history books, I feel like she should definitely be in those history books, you know? Yeah. She made her life very meaningful for someone yeah.
0: at the beginning who seemed very much not going to be written into
1: history. She yeah. really made her, her life count. Absolutely. That's a really good way of putting it. So, back to Rifthold. Aelin has slipped, whilst fighting Dorian and, well, the Valg that's inside mm-hmm. of him, she slips the ring, the protection ring um, Athril, mm-hmm. or athriel, uh to Dorian so he can fight back against the Valg. And this at this point, this is like There's so many simultaneous things happening. So like the magic has come back. Here's the ring, right? Yeah. So I guess Dorian is able to overtake the Valg. I can't remember that exactly how that happened. I think so. And I think they specifically
0: made it so they were on some sort of a bridge. At noon, when the sun's the highest, because that's when power's the strongest, or something. Or maybe that's just when Aylin's power.
1: I was going to say that's definitely when Aylin's power is the strongest. Yes. So while they
0: are fighting, so Dorian and, or sorry, the Val side Dorian and Aylin are fighting, and then the king comes up. So clearly Kale did not win his fight with the king. And now the king has come up, and he is kind of, the, all three of them are sort of fighting. And he confesses that he has been possessed by a Valg the whole time. So from going back when he went to Morath to find a word key, he ended up finding Erwin's tomb and has been with Parrington. And him and Parrington have been possessed since that moment. So for a very long time, since before Dorian was even born. Mm-hmm. They've been possessed. And the king has been trying to fight the Valg inside of him and stopping the magic was his way to try and save people because he knew the Valg were after people with magic and he knew his son had magic. So he wanted to save his son specifically. So he created these pillars to stop magic so that his son wouldn't know he had magic so that the Valg would never go after him if they were to like come back and return it, which they clearly are that he was possessed by one. And he didn't realize when he made the magical spells for the pillars using his own blood and meant his bloodline was omit from the spells. So the whole point was to save Dorian from being targeted by a Valg and he made Dorian like the prime target since he was the only one who could actually use his magic, <laughs> which is really <laughs> he, unfortunate. He,
1: tr- he tried so hard.
0: <laughs> he tried so hard. And we also find out he went to Aelin as a child because we talked about that scene where he went and visited Aelin and we're talking about mostly the interaction between Aelin and Dorian. But during that, he caused Aelin for her magic to erupt, mm-hmm. which kind of set this whole thing into motion. And we're thinking he's being evil. He wanted to you know, prove that she had magic so that they could kill her. Really, the opposite was true. He wanted her to get so mad that she killed him using the fire because he knew that was the only way to destroy the Valkan side of him, destroying himself in the process. Mm -hmm. So he was willing to sacrifice himself to kind of put an end to all of it, Mm -hmm. but it didn't work the way he wanted to. Unfortunately, Dorian does not believe his father. He's kind of too much has happened and he's so angry with everything that he's not really
1: buying the story fully. Do you buy it? I think I do. I buy it. Yeah. Because I was kind of thinking in previous books, I was like, why, how can this king be so evil? Like, yes, there's mm-hmm. conquering, but like, this is, it sort of feels like it's beyond that. And I mean, this could be the explanation because he was possessed by a Hulk, right? right? Yeah. So, yeah, i I think I believe him. Because why, so. why else would he come up with this story?
0: Well, and we always say how Dorian is so different from his father. Yeah. I mean, I guess his brother's a little psychopath, but there could be other reasons for that. But it seems so odd that such a kind, caring, compassionate person came from such evil.
1: Mm-hmm. It so, does happen, though. It does. It, it, does, it does happen. Sure. Dorian really, he ends up killing the king with his mm-hmm. magic and shattering this glass castle that Alyn mm-hmm. has always despised and felt so uneasy about. Yeah. But there's a problem because when you shatter a big ass castle, there's that's glass, you know, there's going to be mm-hmm. like fallout from that, like the shards, <laughs> people Literal are all sp- falling of <laughs> of gla- <laughs> So, Alyn though, because magic is released. She's able to stop the the glass from, like, basically falling into the city and killing everybody <laughs> with a wall of fire. Mm-hmm. And so, so anyway, so the glass and the fire meet and then she, like, melts it into a wall.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is really lucky because that glass was heading straight for Nazrin. So it was going to, mm-hmm. like, envelop her and completely destroy her. hmm But it gets made into a wall first. Yeah. And Aelin actually takes the blame for destroying the castle and for killing the king because she knows that it's just too much for dorian to kind of take that burden like he can't even believe what he's
1: just done yeah
0: and she doesn't want him to have to face other
1: people with that i can't even imagine dorian at this stage in time he's just got Mm -hmm. his body back and now he's killed his father and it's like what a crazy time
0: Mm-hmm. He's been through so much in a mm-hmm. very, very short period of time for someone yeah. who's lived a very luxurious life. Up Sheltered until now. life, yeah, yeah, definitely. So we still have our tunnel friends <laughs> down <laughs> there. <laughs> the hellfire has been released, and they're trying to book it out. Mm-hmm.
1: They end up getting kind of saved by a super. This would be so cool to see in like a mm-hmm. movie or a show. <laughs> So earlier on in the book, they, I think it was adion might have been telling Lysandra about these things called uh, ghost leopards. Mm -hmm. And Lysandra was really interested to hear about these ghost leopards. Well, lo and behold, as Adion and Rowan are fighting for their lives against the Valk, a ghost leopard comes out and just... Flattens the valve, like just destroys them, and it's Lysandra.
0: <laughs> yes, this was my like favorite moment of the entire book. Yes, so Lysandra had been sent out of the city with Evangeline for safety, mm-hmm. and she actually decides to get out of the carriage before magic is even back. So she doesn't know if their plan's going to work. She doesn't know if magic is coming back. She's going as just her like human self, mm-hmm. and she's like. I'm just a human. What can I do? But I have to do something. I have to try. Yeah. Like just that moment where she decides to get out of the carriage, I was like, oh my goodness. Like she's like, I can't let my friends fight for
1: me. She's so brave. So brave. Yeah. I I, Huge respect for her. She's quickly becoming one of my favorite characters. (laughs) Yeah. In this story, she was my absolute favorite. Yeah. and But then
0: Magic does return and we get this epic moment of her like – Swooping in.
1: Yeah. Or leaping in, I guess. In and... ghost leopard form, in like a really yeah. feared, sort of almost legendary animal. Mm-hmm. So cool. So during the fight with the king, Kale uh, was blasted with this magic, this dark magic mm-hmm. that the Valg has, and it ended up paralyzing him from the waist down. Yeah. So they, that's, yeah. Poor Kale. It's
0: really, really sad. Yeah. I mean, luckily he had the Eye of Elena or Elena with him because I believe it is the kind of blow that should have killed him. Mm-hmm. But because of the protection he was under, he was able to like survive it. And then with Rowan's help using some healing magic, he was able to kind of limit the damage slightly, but he was still left paralyzed from the waist down, mm-hmm. which is a big deal for someone like Kale who is very physical. Mm-hmm. And I think finds it's uh, like, completely puts a devastating. Lot of
1: pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dorian is declared king after all of this kerfuffle. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: This minor kerfuffle <laughs> of, the, <laughs> of the glass castle collapsing and everything exploding, <laughs> and stuff going all crazy, kings being killed. Anyways, never mind that. Dorian's king now. <laughs> so he's, he's to stay in Rifthold as king. Kale's declared the new hand of the king. Nezrin becomes the new captain of the guard, because obviously Kale can't do that whilst he's paralyzed. Mm-hmm. He is then commanded to go to the southern continent, which is where Tori Chesme is, which is this, this renowned healing, place of healing where these healers go, which we actually heard about in Assassin's Blade. Mm-hmm. So he's also trying or he's also supposed to try to form an alliance with the southern continent to help aid their cause.
0: Yeah. So he's being sent kind of on two folds, one by Dorian to be healed and one by Aelin to be like an advocate for the mm-hmm. cause. Mm-hmm. So
1: they're all banding together. They are. And, and then-, then Aelin and her court, including Fleetfoot <laughs> will travel back to Terrason. At least that's the plan. And Aelin realizes that Rowan smells like terracin and that scent is pine and snow. I found that very notable
0: Mm -hmm. and led me to think, because I had already had thoughts about how scent is connected to like the personality of the character. And after reading this, I'm like, what if it's more than just the personality of the character and has more to do with their mate? And we know that, Rowan has had another mate, and I don't know a lot about
1: Fated Mates, so I don't know. Like you said, I think that you can have
0: more than one Fated Mate in some universes, potentially.
1: I don't know about this universe. I am given to believe that in this world that Sarah has built, the way that Rowan has spoken about his mate seems like they're only given one.
0: Mm. Yeah, so I wonder if like... I don't know how it – I feel like there's something between them that's more than just like your average connection. Maybe it has to do with their, their other Kerenam connection that they bond. yeah. But I feel I'm just wondering if scents are connected to your soulmate. I guess we can call it because the kerinum is more of a soulmate, mm-hmm. and the fact that he smells like pine and snow, and our home is pine and snow, and your home is where you're meant to be. I there's got to be something there, says or I'm a just a loony
1: bin. I feel like it says a lot, you know, something to definitely pay attention to. Like we said, all of these little hints that we are given, they are important. So it's definitely something not to disregard, I would think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that detail. I do too. And as always, Sarah kills it with the ending. And the last line of Queen of Shadows is, At long last, Ash River Galathinius was home. Beautiful. It's just like, oh, such a heart
1: hitting end line. Yeah. Do you think that her sense of identity has evolved since Assassin's Blade and Throne of Glass? I think she's the same person,
0: but has evolved. I think that her character has remained true to who she is. It's not like she's completely changed, like, character but she's definitely grown from mm-hmm. who she is i think she's much more controlled much more analytical
1: mm-hmm.
0: and seems to be more about thinking through plans I'm, I'm not saying she didn't have those aspects of her character before but i think we've seen growth as she's aged yeah she was a
1: bit more quick to fire was a bit more impulsive before yeah exactly She's way more calculated now. And she's always, like you said, she's always been pretty calculated, especially given her age. Mm-hmm. But even more so now, for sure. Yeah.
0: I think she's matured but has stayed true to who she is as a person. And the events that she's experienced, has she's taken those in and she's kind of changed because of those as well. We've seen a lot of different people meeting do you think there's any upcoming romances that were being hinted at in Queen of Shadows or not necessarily been hinted at, but like put before us that we should be aware of?
1: I don't know if we should be aware of it, but I thought when they said that Kale and Nezrin should go to Tori Chesme together. And so they're kind Mm -hmm. of embarking on this big trip (laughs) together. I kind of thought maybe they're, because they did have some romantic, well, I don't know if it was, It wasn't like they fell in love or anything previously, but Mm -hmm. I kind of wondered if something would be reignited between them and maybe move into something deeper. Yeah. Um, I really hope that Aelin and Rowan, (laughs) you know, continue to develop their relationship. And I think it would be interesting to know if there is something more to that scent (laughs) of pine Mm -hmm. and snow. Yeah. More than we know at this point.
0: I feel like at this point, they're a bit like they had that awkward moment on the roof. And I feel like they've gotten over that at this point. We didn't talk about all the details, but no. they have gotten over that and are more friendly again and much yeah. more, yeah. I guess, friends again at this point where it kind of got a little icy there for a moment, but it didn't last too long. So I feel like we're kind of back to where we were almost at the beginning where like she was so happy to see him and they are like really bonded in a non-romantic sense. But- yeah again. Yeah.
1: Also, Dorian and Manon. That <laughs> yes. was. I was like, there are sparks there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he felt the sparks while he was possessed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are
0: pretty strong sparks if you're yeah. getting them under possession. So I, yeah, so I feel like there's like at least three potential romances that mm-hmm. could blossom in the coming books. Same. Well, that is everything for Queen of Shadows. We hope that you enjoyed
1: what we had to say. Yes, thanks for joining us today. On next week's episode, we'll move into the next installment of the series, which is Empire of Storms. We hope to see you there.
0: Bye for now. Bye. Bye.